Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Convergement America. Today is episode five, and we're going to address the importance of vision as it relates to church health. You know, this term vision, it gets bounced around all the time. And, 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 and we can all quote the scripture in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But the reality is, is when we hear that term, it affects us each very differently. Some of us get super excited when we hear the term, and we can't wait to get going on this thing called vision. And others of us want to run the other way. So how important is vision really? And, and if we agree that it is important, well, then how do we go about defining it and pursuing it as a church? To help us work through this topic of vision, I am thrilled to welcome Tom Tolberg. Tom is the networking director for the Eaglebrook Association. Uh, Eaglebrook is a converged church in the Twin Cities, and it is an amazing story of the importance of vision. And I have had the privilege over the last several months to get to know Tom, not only from a ministry perspective and to sort of glean from his wisdom, but also uh, to count him as a friend. And so I just want to welcome you, Tom, to the podcast. Thank you, Brian. You know, uh, a lot of us know about Eaglebrook. You know, it's this small little ministry in the Twin Cities of 25,000 people. <laughs> um, but for those of us who may not know the Eaglebrook story, why don't you just start by giving us a three-minute version of the story and then specifically what your role is within uh, the Eaglebrook uh, ministry? Yeah, for sure. Well, obviously, a lot of things have happened over the years to get to where we are today. Uh, but let me go back to the very beginning, uh, all the way back to 1948, when Sam and Ethel Haynes, a uh, couple that lived in uh, downtown Old White Bear Lake, near the, the lakefront itself, uh, put action to a vision that they had to reach their neighbors uh, with the gospel of Jesus and start just started gathering people in their home. Um, and from that humble beginning with just a few couples, um, you know, they eventually needed to have more space. And there was a church in town that had uh, moved out of a building and into a larger space. So they bought the, that existing space. Uh, and they were there from the early 50s until uh, the early 1970s. In fact, 1971, that the church was relocated to uh, what became uh, the foundation for what is today as the church continued to grow uh, between 71 and 1991, grew to about 350 people. Like most churches, ups and downs through their different pastors and that, but they, they were a very uh, solid church. At that time, they invited Bob Merritt to come and be their senior pastor. And uh, Bob just had one thing for them. He said, don't hire me if you don't wanna reach people. And that's where it began. And uh, so he, Bob came in, like I said, in 91, and the church grew from that 350 to over 3,000 in seven services uh, before the end of the decade. We added on to the building a few different times. I came in 1993 uh, with my family and started attending. So we added kids space and we added uh, a big uh, auditorium space, which was three gyms, the size of three gyms. Um, and it was immediately too small. And so that started putting plans in place and thoughts actually of what do we do next and how do we do this? Because people are responding to 
the gospel in ways that had never been seen around here before. And that reach started with the Bob's original vision. And that vision went like this. There are 50,000 people within a golf shot of where we're located and we're going to reach them. Hmm. It was that simple hmm. and that plain. And that's, and so that started, uh, encouraging people to invite their friends and their neighbors and that to just come to church and experience it. Again, we grew and we added on, uh, went through a lot of different things, trying to manage all these people in a relatively small building. Uh, the basic footprint really didn't change and eventually ended up having to build a new space hmm. and the uh, property where we were wouldn't accommodate what we needed to do. So the, a new campus was built seven miles away. And uh, the plan was to move and to be, have, be able to accommodate 10,000 people, and that would be the church. Um, but God would have different plans for us because six weeks after we moved in at Christmas time of 2005, uh, the building was full. Hmm. And we were forced to reopen the White Bear Lake campus as another venue for overflow wasn't even called multi-site then it was just overflow um but people you know came back to white bear lake they came to the line of lakes the new campus and that um in ways that hadn't been expected and that led to a uh recasting of the vision from being again through a lot of prayer and work with the board and everything of what is it that we're supposed to do and uh, that led to the revised vision of being, we will be a church that provides a campus within 20 minutes of anywhere in the Twin Cities area. Um, and that has been what we've been working on since the, uh, the, the early 2000s up until uh, 2019, when uh, we actually opened our first campus outside of the Twin Cities. Uh, again, this wasn't something that we were planning on doing. It wasn't uh, there, but God was moving in Rochester, Minnesota, about 90 miles away. Um, and the doors opened up and a group of people there for us to go and uh, uh, start doing church in the convention center there. So today we have uh, nine campuses, including Rochester, eight in the Twin Cities. So we've just about closed that circle. A um, couple places we could still go as God would lead us in that. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, Brian, about 25,000 people on on the weekends and uh so we transitioned our senior pastor i think a lot of people may have heard that uh here just this year and so jason strand is now our senior pastor he's been our speaking pastor or a speaking pastor for 12 years and um he's now recast the vision again to uh being a church of the midwest what does that look like and uh, what would that mean uh, for us so we would define that into our jerusalem the Twin Cities, our Judea, the uh, areas, uh, second tier cities around Min Minnesota, primarily, maybe Wisconsin, see where God takes it. And then Samaria is the smaller communities. What can we do to help uh, groups of people and smaller churches um, effectively reach people for Jesus where they're at? Wow, that's that's amazing. And and real quick, what is what is your role specifically? Very good. Yeah. So the Eagle Brook Association is not separate from Eagle Brook. It's a ministry of Eagle Brook. And it's, our focus is to do things like we're doing here and to teach 
other churches, uh, what we've learned about being a visionary church, how we've gone about developing a culture around that, and uh, just sharing the lessons that we've learned with them so that they can uh, not replicate, but they can use that to influence their churches as well to be more intentional. That's great, Tom. Uh, can you give us, uh, what is your vision statement as a church? Yeah, that's uh, an interesting question, Brian, because um, the concepts of mission and vision are often intertwined or used interchangeably. Yeah, yeah. So we really don't have a vision statement. We've developed a whole culture around the vision that we have to be this church that's leading people to Jesus. And our mission statement is uh, empowered by God to reach other peoples for Christ. That's a pretty simple mission statement that has had some pretty amazing results uh, in your church. Very cool. Um, so help me right off the bat uh, is this, there is this confusion between vision and mission. Uh, what is the difference between those two things? Doesn't come clear to most of us, but uh, let me just uh, a quick example um, from my own personal life. Uh, this might help. So my wife and I, in the last few years, have decided that at this stage of life, you know, we would like to do uh, something together each year, um, just the two of us. And so we've started taking road trips. And uh, my responsibility is to figure out what to do. So for the last three years, we have planned a road trip. And so the vision for this last year's road trip uh, was Texas. Let's go to Texas. I'll take you to Magnolia and we'll just see what we do down there. And we'll go to San Antonio, to the riverfront and just see what comes. That was the vision for the trip. Um, you know, so what was the mission of that was to see Texas. The vision was we're just going to you know, take the car and go. And so there wasn't a big detailed plan to that at that point. The first vision was really let's go to Texas. The year before was let's go to Wyoming, that kind of a thing. Then it was, what do we want to do or where do we want to go, which defines it a little bit more. So the mission became going to uh, Austin and going to Waco and going to San Antonio. Does that help? Yes, that's very good. Thanks. Well, um, what do you think is the church's biggest problem with vision? Is it is it having no vision, uh, not playing out the vision, or confusion with vision, or is it just something else completely? Yeah, it um, there, there's there's a basis underneath this that um, for us has made all the difference in this. Um, if we don't have a clear defined purpose, we really can't clarify that vision and mission. The, the, mm. the, the vision becomes a concept of kind of where we want to go, but it's hard to, to put anything and hang anything onto that if we don't have a reason why we want to do that. Mm. And so uh, purpose really takes us back to scripture and it takes us to Jesus. And when he's uh, confronted by the Pharisees in Matthew 22, and they're asking, what's the greatest commandment? And he answers, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like it is to love your neighbor. And 
that is really the defining purpose behind Eagle Brook is that we are here, you know, to love people, love, excuse me, love God and then love people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mission is to reach them, mm-hmm. not to just, uh, you know, do good things for them, but actually make a difference in their lives and that leads to transformation. So having that clear defined purpose at the core there really helps us then to build our mission off of that because that simple mission of reaching others for Christ is really easy to remember. But as you mentioned, it's simple and it has breadth to it. It's why there's a lot of ways to do that. And for us, the purpose is what helps us focus. Hmm, that's good. Um, you know, we if we're going to start thinking about vision, where should we start? You know, I think, I know, I don't think I know uh, that we have several churches, uh, even in our movement here, uh, in our piece of the movement, uh, that really struggle with vision and and how to go about it. And I think sometimes we have to think in terms of baby steps. Yeah. So what are some baby steps that a church could take that needs to, man, we just got to get serious about vision. Yeah. And I don't want to make, uh, for sure, Brian, make, make it sound like we have this figured out because we don't. We're, to, uh, we're doing what we believe God has laid on us as a church to do missionally. And uh, we do believe that the purpose that I mentioned uh, was given to us by Jesus. And that's common and should be common to mm-hmm. all of our churches. Now, what our mission is of how we act on that, the what we do, if purpose is why we exist, our mission is what we do. And so for us, it's focused on reach Hmm. and introducing Jesus to more people and inviting more people to come in. Um, Other churches might have a different definition of that uh, slightly, uh, but we obviously want to have a big open front door as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first thing is to really wrestle down the purpose. Um, And one of the things that has worked well for us and for other churches that have been uh, part of our association and the teachings that we do is to ask the question, to get the leadership together, you know, staff, uh, elders, board, key volunteers, if you have those as well, that maybe aren't in those leadership, formal leadership capacities yet, and sit down and ask the question, what is the purpose of the church? And I guarantee you, there will be at least a dozen things that come out rapid fire. I I think you make it, uh, there's two important things in what you just said. One is we need to understand our purpose and not just simply a macro purpose. In other words, there are 10,000 churches that are Matthew 28 churches, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, but, you know, baptizing them, teaching them. So we know that, but God has called each of our churches, small C churches, uh, for a piece of that purpose. Uh, there's a there's a unique purpose that God's given us as an individual church. And so I think it's really important, just like you said, is to get your people together, get your early adapter people, your leaders. You don't want your crabby people on something like this, but you want people who are willing to press and to challenge and to think. Um, and and so um, 
what you know having that discussion together to think through what is that piece that purpose piece for you as a church in God's grand purpose for the sake of of the name of Jesus and then i think the second piece of that 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 you talked about is you can't start without dealing with reality right mm-hmm. uh, you know we we tend to as long as we don't see it it's not real and and so many of our churches are dealing with this sort of paralysis because they're not willing to deal with what is so that they can actually dream about a preferred future. So what are a couple of tools in in all of that? It, we're, we're saying that same thing, and I really appreciate that, but what are a couple of tools that we could sort of launch that discussion about vision and mission? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So you're right, Brian. Um, and if purpose is the why, then our mission as you mentioned, Matthew 28, the mission is the what we do. Mm-hmm. And again, how we live that out in our churches, in our context locally, and uh, where we are in our communities. And that uh, makes it makes a difference in, in that uh, and how we do that. So, um, yeah, I think the one thing I said there was to get people together and really wrestle with that, that purpose statement and that. Um, from there, you can get, you can get focused. Um, if we're truly going to love, love people the way Jesus asked us to do that, then we say, okay, how are we going to do that? And this is where things have maybe broken down over time in, in, uh, in some or many of our churches, even that if we don't have a clear identification on purpose, um, we get busy doing a a lot of things. That's right. Um, and we, and we call them ministries. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but what they do is they tend to not, um, with intention, people are not trying to take us away from the mission, but it's good ideas that sound good, but they drift and they cause us to flatten out what we do. Instead of having a focus forward, we have all of these lines of work and thinking and activity in that, that broaden out. And that just, eventually we can't sustain that. Everybody listening out there, if there's one thing you take from this is more ministry does not equate necessarily to more transformation in your church. Uh, Somehow we've become Martha's and the more that we do, that means that we are uh, doing more of what God wants us to do. No, we need to be very specific about what God has called us to do. Um, and quite frankly, we need to say no more than we say yes. Uh, so we don't have that mission and vision drift. Uh, so that's really, really good. Hey, if there's, I, I know this is going to happen. So if there's a church listening right now that would love to work on vision through the Eagle Brook Association, uh, how could they connect with you uh, to, to see that happen? Yeah, they could uh, uh, real simply look us up. Uh, www.eaglebrookassociation.com uh, is our website, and it will walk you through what we do and how we do that uh, when our cohorts meet. Um, it is no cost to churches to come and participate in this. Wait a minute, than, say that one more time. Yeah, it's uh, our, our content is all free. Uh, awesome. If we give it away, uh, I start out by saying we are a ministry of Eagle Brook Church. We are not a separate entity. So um, our church leadership is firmly behind this, and they want us to do this and to help as many churches as we possibly can. 
Um, so the website's a great place to start, um, right. or they can reach out to me at any time, uh, tom.toolberg at eaglebrookchurch.com. Say, say that one more time, Tom. Yeah, tom.toolberg at eaglebrookchurch.com. Great, great. Um, let me also share a quick commercial uh, too for um, uh, ministry that we do in Convergement America called Church Unique. And uh, it's it's a lot of what we've talked about today as well, uh, an opportunity for you to see how God has uniquely equipped your specific church uh, in its purpose and vision uh, that is that is going to be very different than the church down the street. And so how do you do that? How do you effectively make that happen? And so I think one of the cool things, and we've talked about this, Tom, as, as we close, is we're not about making uh, Convergent America the thing. Uh, we're, we're not about making Eagle Brook Association the thing. Uh, we're, we're about making Jesus the thing, right? And however we can help our churches be all that, that, God has called us to be for the sake of the gospel. It's just, let's just embrace it. And uh, so I'm glad that we can partner together in this way. Um, and and even just to, to have this time with you today has been so encouraging as always to me. And uh, so I, I would love it. Every one of these episodes, we want to close in prayer. And so would you pray a blessing uh, on our pastors as they listen to this episode? Absolutely. Yep. Father God, we are grateful for the opportunity that you've given all of us as pastors and leaders um, to take on the challenge that you left for us to be your instrument to transform lives. Um, it's a big calling, mm. but it's an exciting one. It's the yeah. best thing we could possibly do on this planet. God, I pray that we encourage one another uh, that we share with one another. We don't try to go about this uh, independently, but that we come together to do that. We, go, we know, Father, that there's a lot of different strategies that you've given us as leaders uh, for delivering on what you're asking us to do. So help us to define what those are, discern what those are, clarify what those are, and to bring that clarity into all of our churches so that we too can be focused on transforming lives, how you direct that through our church. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. Hey, in our next episode, we're going to talk about the importance of pastoral self-care. You know, the reality is if we're going to be a healthy church, we've got to be a healthy pastor. And it is so critical and so important. And my prayer is that that episode is going to be encouraging for all of us as pastors and leaders. So thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to this channel and check out our website, advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Convergement America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement America, visit our website at convergementamerica.org.